0: Wait for it to fail and then pay attention
1: to the which is also weirdly the, the watchword of the clown living in in failure yeah yeah i i attended a clown workshop yesterday you attended a
0: clown workshop yes
1: i'm now very very funny i can't even see
0: any of your makeup
1: oh no i i I washed it off Um, but i am wearing the big shoes okay of course because now you've got big shoes to fill ex exactly
0: (laughs) (laughs) So what was the clown workshop like? What what do clowns know?
1: Uh, it was great. I mean it's all just about like being present with the audience, being vulnerable and like failing and then using the failure to jumpstart the comedy. Okay... Yeah. So it's kind of like life. Yeah, it's actually quite a lot like life.
0: Okay. I get it. I see where clowns are coming from, Um, but here's the thing. I didn't know clowns could take off the makeup.
1: Yeah, no, it's um, it is possible. I'm astounded each day by new facts. (laughs) Yeah, the really hardcore (laughs) clowns get it uh, tattooed on. uh, But I'm just not at that level yet, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's
0: your first class. It takes 10,000 hours to master something and 7,000
1: hours to get it tattooed on your face. Exactly. So once I hit that 7,000, I'm not looking back. I'm getting a full clown face tattoo on my face in tattoo permanently.
0: Yeah, that sounds uh, like the best type of decision. Mm. That makes me wonder, like, it takes us about an hour to record the podcast. That's right. So only after 10,000 episodes, will we truly have mastered podcasting.
1: Yeah, but I'm not, I'm not too worried about that. I'm looking forward to the ten thousandth episode celebration. I mean, you and I, we've already got plans for that specific episode. Yes, yeah. Well, we've planned at least 20,000 episodes in advance. We do. Um, and that itself actually took quite a while. So I think we can add that to our 10,000 hours.
0: Or we're just really good at making lists.
1: I mean, we are really good at making lists. That is a fact. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: I, I suppose that does it for the what
0: do clowns know slash lists hour. Yep, the usual podcast that we do every time, every single time. Yep, it happened five times this month because, as you may know, this is Halloween. <whistles> Halloween, Halloween.
1: <whistles> I'm a very werewolf sick appreciation
0: werewolf. month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel
1: like you're a werewolf. You didn't
0: get your shots.
1: <laughs> yeah, my, my werewolf has like mange, and he hasn't eaten in, in like a month. Oh, that's not a good.
0: No. I mean, you should eat between episodes. You should try that. It help.
1: I just don't get around to it.
0: Yeah, I get it. You're busy. Mm. Tough life. Welcome, of course, to Be Positive.
1: The positive, the positive.
0: Be. Be
1: Movie, Movie. Podcast? Podcast. Podcast. One of our fans, Nina Erasmus, recently made a comment about Afri accent. Yeah. Which is... I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, that's totally ridiculous. What do you
0: mean? We don't
1: have a sort of American accent that doesn't actually sound American.
0: At all, just because we learned it from TV or
1: nothing. (laughs) I don't know. My
0: American accent always just like it starts somewhere in America and then it always like
1: it takes a a south turn. Just goes more southern.
0: Well, I Uh, mean... I don't know what
1: it is. we, We are from the south the deep south oh my god little nicky jokes (laughs) Uh, (laughs) so i'm i'm going to try to use rp received pronunciation but i'll I'll probably fail and slip back into a a sort of pseudo american accent i just did it right now
0: yeah just your normal speaking voice also i work with a lot of americans so Maybe I'm like absorbing their mm. accent a bit, which I, I try not to, but the only other accent I can do is like a very Afrikaans accent. Maybe we and should it try doesn't that. Doesn't sound all right. I'm going to introduce myself like that. Okay, me too. Hello, I am Fraser. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I am Fraser, and welcome to my podcast. Hi, I am Louis ru and i am also co-hosting this podcast uh we like to talk about (laughs) movies Uh, and we make uh many philosophical remarks (laughs) yeah that's true that's true that's actually very uncomfortable
0: uh, a very uncomfortable way to talk
1: (laughs) it is because we (laughs) were raised by american television we have a sort of american Mm -hmm. accent i think the same thing happened to the dutch they also have a kind of american accent
0: that is true yeah uh i've met a few dutch people and they don't sound as afrikaans as i expected them to how how strange yeah it's weird how that (laughs) a completely different language would have a completely different accent in english this week we're doing the howling we forgot to announce (laughs) it on last week episode we are Uh, such idiots
1: so we're announcing it now welcome to our the howling episode yeah just pause the the podcast right here and go, go watch it now And then come back
0: Yeah, I know you have time I've seen your schedule Not you, Louis, the listener oh, Okay.
1: No, that's fine Because my okay. schedule Specifically Is sketchy
0: So we watched The Howling yes. 1981's other werewolf movie
1: The other one, of course, being uh, An American Werewolf in London Which was the podcast that we discussed last week And we didn't discuss any other no. podcast last week don't you mean American Werewolf in Paris? That wasn't released in 1981. I was <laughs> talking about our podcast. Okay, whatever,
0: whatever, fine. Be in denial. Uh, I also wish I could bury my head in the sand on that one. But yep, The Howling is also uh, widely renowned for its were- werewolf transformation sequence. Yes. Again, practical effects. It's what I'm always yelling. Yeah. And sometimes, not even in the podcast, I'm just yelling in a room about practical effects. Just
1: walking down the street while you're teaching.
0: The poor Chinese people have no idea what I'm saying, but they can see I'm very passionate. Mm. And they stay out of uh, your way, I'm
1: sure. They give you a wide berth. They do, they do.
0: It might be because I am massive. It, just that like, is true. Kind of freakishly huge, you, even yeah. in my own country. Yeah, you are a large boy. Yes. Um, and yeah, so I'm, I'm a lot bigger than everyone here, but
1: on that note, you know who else uh, is big? <laughs> who else is big? The fucking werewolves yeah. <laughs> in The Howling. Yes. They're really tall. They're really They're like quite nine long. foot tall. Yeah. Speaking of the practical effects, there's a little synergy here. The SFX were done by one Rob Bottine, who, by the way, also went on to do the effects for The Thing, which is, is, um, I don't know if you've heard of that uh, little movie called The Thing. Uh, but he was, he was mentored... I tattooed the thing on my chest. <laughs> Ooh. But Robert Ooh. Teen was mentored by Rick Baker, who did the effects for American uh, Werewolf in London. It's kind of like
0: everyone in the global film industry is friends and knows each other, and that the whole industry is very much built on nepotism.
1: Wow, I don't know why you would ever say such a thing. I don't think that's... uh, That's ridiculous, Fraser. That's never happened, ever. Yeah. It's all based on how good you are. Okay, so it's just
0: synchronicity. Yeah. Um,
1: No, but actually, uh, Rick... uh, uh, Rick Baker was supposed to do the effects on the howling, but he didn't do that in order to do American Werewolf in London. So I guess he was like, Hey, Rob, kid, go go do this movie while I do this other movie.
0: It is interesting, though, how the makers of American Werewolf in London and the creators of The Howling opted for such a different depiction of Mm. a lycanthrope, of a werebeast. Because in American Werewolf in London, we've got the classical four-legged monster wolf thing. And then in The Howling, we have... The bipedal dogman of yes. up until recently I assumed was a Hollywood creation until I learned of the Canadian legend of the Rugaroo
1: Rougarou! Rougarou! yeah so the werewolves are quite different but I think there are some similarities in the transformation scenes most strikingly for me the fact that they both take a really long time and really linger on that awful liminal space between man and werewolf
0: the main difference in the way it's depicted is that the best transformation we see in the howling happens while there is someone there to witness it yeah that's a victim true. uh whereas in american werewolf in london you don't mind that it takes a long time because david is alone Mm. and he is suffering alone and it's like his own little microcosm wherein the howling is not so much suffering as it seems to be kind of pleasurable but the, yeah. the transformation isn't so fast that you would be caught staring at it for the whole process I mean it, it does... you have to suspend a lot of your disbelief to imagine that the victim wouldn't flee in that, in that instance Yeah,
1: because honestly once the guy's face starts like bubbling And his mouth and nose begin to extend that's when I'm uh, calling it quits and going home also when his face is bubbling it
0: will affect his line of sight so he can't effectively chase you down it's the only time you can run away from
1: a werewolf it's that's the perfect time to do it
0: that's literally the only time
1: Uh, (laughs) cool so uh, do we want to jump into a little Plot synopsis.
0: Yeah. Will you do us a plop synop a plot synopsis?
1: I'll do a plump synops- synopsis. <laughs> um, okay. So we start with Karen White, a news anchor who's investigating a serial killer who calls himself Eddie, which also happens to be yeah. his real name. Ooh. Not a.
0: Yeah. Great I don't. There. I don't know if he calls himself Eddie or if that's just sort of. You know, he's really fond of crayons, so he just wrote his name on the wall and <laughs> his first victim, and he was like, ah, yeah. a masterpiece. So and
1: just no one knew who Eddie was because of the common <laughs> name. So she has been making connections with this Eddie guy, and finally it's time for them to meet, for her to find out what his side of the story is. She's lured or guided into a porn shop theater in which he attacks her but is then shot and this incredibly traumatic experience leads to her being sent away for a few weeks to her psychiatrist's like wellness retreat center called the colony oh my god that is such a cult yeah you hear the colony and you go oh that's a cult never go to the colony wow okay i didn't even really consider taking on like a post-colonial lens on it, but anyway we'll get we'll get to that so she goes to the colony (laughs) her and her husband and surprise surprise the whole colony is werewolves it's a it's a colony for werewolves it is yeah they want to eat people and you happen to be people exactly karen and bill that's basically the plot they get to the colony werewolves start turning up her husband gets bit and turns her best friend terry gets bit up and killed and eventually uh, Terry's husband shows up with a rifle with some silver bullets and they kind of get away.
0: Is this another one of those situations where there's multiple endings? Because to me, Karen does not make it out.
1: I mean, she gets bit.
0: She gets out of the colony, but then she dies like a week later.
1: Well, she doesn't die. She she gets bitten. Oh, that's the very end. Is she she gets bitten and then she exposes the werewolf conspiracy on national television by transforming herself. Yeah, and then having her friend shoot her. Oh shit! He kill. does. He does kill her. She does die. Oh shit! Yeah.
0: I mean just finish the transformation and film the whole thing come on like what now you're gonna shoot her and she's gonna turn back into a human yeah and you're just gonna end up like with a dead a dead person you could be like what not did not think this through
1: yep oh no I'm going to jail no one who watched it actually believed it either so it didn't really help yeah
0: um, but that's typical you know like people only believe the news when it is kind of horrible but when something magical happens they won't believe
1: it <laughs> yeah i mean like one of the people watching television just goes oh wow the special effects they have nowadays which uh, granted the special effects are pretty good
0: and that was the special effects that they had in those days was exactly this film so right off the bat it starts with like random like segments from news programs about like unexplained animal attacks yeah. and all this and that. And then we cut into the doctor's uh, like talk. Uh, he's talking about like psychology stuff. Yeah.
1: The first words we he- actually hear in the film are the doctor's words, repression is the father of neurosis. And that yes. almost sets up a little mission statement for this film.
0: Yeah, uh, he goes on to mention animal magnetism. <laughs> yes. The concept of the noble savage.
1: Yeah, which is dated <laughs> very dated
0: concept which is very dated yeah we should say it is amazing how like things from the 80s don't age well
1: yeah come on guys didn't you know people would be watching this in the very woke 2018 get with it people are going to be listening
0: to our podcast in like 30 years and they're going to be like this is so not this woke. Is so offensive yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I can only hope to be offensive in
1: the future. No, but the thing is, no one will be listening to podcasts in the future because we'll all be too busy driving around in our Mad Max wagons looking for water. But
0: what are you going to listen to while you're driving around? Oh, uh, that's actually true.
1: There's still a place for us in the post-apocalypse. Woo-hoo! That's Instead no. of, like, the guy playing guitar on the front of the hood, w- we're strapped to the front of this giant truck, <laughs> just like, this week we watched fucking gremlins let's talk about it
0: this week we watched mad max again (laughs) wow it's happening the
1: only movie we're allowed to watch that's fine we love it
0: concept of repression and animal magnetism are to me in my mind very closely linked yeah as animal magnetism speaks to the raw sexual attraction between two creatures of the same type it's almost like magnetism you know it's not something you can resist yeah where repression is all about resist
1: i think that the doctor's thesis here is that Civilization and society are kind of the veneers that we place over our animal selves, our savage selves. It's what we use to repress those things in order to function normally.
0: In the same way that a werewolf wears its human form as a disguise because as we find out later in the film yep. from the cult bookshop owner these werewolves are completely unaffected by the full moon they can transform at will which also, again, it speaks to being able to take off the mask yeah. and let out that inner animal.
1: And it's quite interesting that they're at this so-called therapeutic retreat, right? Where clearly the doctor is interested in uh, handling or treating that kind of repression and encouraging people to unrepress. To bring those urges out, and he also ends up being one of the wolves. Yeah. So his the the leader. Well, well, they kind of have a little bit of beef about that. Yeah. But so it's almost like he's advocating for werewolfism as a cure to neuroticism. Is that ridiculous?
0: Uh, Which it might be. I don't know if it's ridiculous because i feel like being a werewolf at least from the things that are assumed about being a werewolf perhaps you live longer you you're stronger you're immune to disease Mm. after transforming there there seems to be like a euphoric state so it might be that a
1: transformation
0: into a werewolf does cure neurosis
1: or is the werewolfism the neurosis itself that explosion that symptomatic showing of the of the repressed desires or urges How much control do they have over themselves as werewolves? From the first Howling, because I've seen a few of them
0: in the first one we don't get to see them acting with a lot of autonomy because they are all sort of in this colony because they're now going to eat these humans so they are there to eat the humans But it would seem that they have a fair amount of control, but they kind of follow what the the pack leader is doing. Okay. Uh, Because as we see, Karen's husband, Bill, and this is where animal magnetism comes in later, he gets bitten or clawed by a werewolf. Uh, He ends up transforming and then cheating on her with Marsha, the true leader of the werewolves. Yeah,
1: the Goth um, Um, witch werewolf
0: yeah yeah the wickany woods lady yeah in that instance we have the animal magnetism of him having his first transformation and they hook up and they do the thing
1: yeah and they and they transform while uh fornicating
0: which is something yeah to witness um, <laughs> yes it's definitely up there with weird shit i've seen yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, at the end, when Karen and the reporter
1: friend, whose name I don't remember... Terry? Um, or, uh, no, uh, Terry's... No, not boyf- Terry.
0: Terry's husband. Boy's, boyf, boyfriend man guy yeah. thing. Exactly. He's not... Whatever. He's He plays a big role, he just doesn't have a name. So, uh, Reporter Guy and Karen are racing away and a werewolf leaps onto their car and bites Karen in the shoulder. She ends up shooting it. It was Bill the whole time. It was Bill all along. It might be proof that he does not have control But then we need to remember a few things. First off, he's a young werewolf. it's his probably his second time transforming. Yeah. And second of all, I would assume that these animals would follow their pack leader. And if the pack leader is attacking a thing, they're all gonna be attacking that thing.
1: Do you think it's because Bill still has an attachment to Karen that he wants to transform her?
0: Would you say that he was intentionally trying to transform her or was he trying to in fact her armor. Kill an eater. Yeah,
1: I don't know. It's difficult to know because they do shoot him right in the face before he he really gets to do yeah. anything.
0: You could have seen where that went. Yeah, but then we have the character of Eddie who uses his werewolf transformation as. Part of his serial killer routine, his bit. He's always spooky. He's always in the dark. He watches people freak out as his face bubbles and his fingernails grow. That's part of the thrill for him, is to render people powerless with his 10-minute transformation sequence.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and Eddie is, I think, the scariest wolf in that pack. Even as a normal person, like incredibly animalistic and well not to insult animals but you know what i mean and he is also a murderer rapist um serial killer
0: that takes us back to what people theorize is the original meaning of of lycanthropy is people trying to explain the cruel acts of others. Mm -hmm. Early serial killers, for instance. Someone in your town that you found out was making lampshades out of his family members. And then you were like, but we don't even have lamps yet. Why are you doing this? And it was just a way to explain these macabre aberrations in the community. People would say, yes, he's possessed of the spirit of the wolf. He's part animal. That's why he's doing this. Uh, it, It must be a beast. Uh, that would do this. Humans don't do this. So in this way, though, Eddie exemplifies that and then uses his lycanthropy as an addition on top of his bloodlust.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's pretty accurate because he is already a huge monster and, and the werewolfism is just another tool in that arsenal whereas i think for instance dr wagner is not entirely a monster when he's a human and the old guy uh caradine played by david caradine or john caradine what's his name he's the one when we arrive at the at the colony we start on a shot of him going
0: oh yeah and then he goes on to say can't go on like this
1: and then he tries to Teeth j- <laughs> are stuck tries to jump in the fire which is a weird way to kill yourself
0: it is actually a very very interestingly shot sequence because he's walking and he passes by like the younger groups of people milling about at this bonfire party and you know he would stop at a group he would turn towards their social interaction and attempt to integrate into that that interaction Mm. before realizing it's futile moving on to the next this happens like three times finally he turns again and there are only the shadows of people talking yeah which was very symbolic and very beautifully done meaning that this guy is in his twilight years no one is attempting to bring him into the community anymore He's become the eccentric old man and, Mm. you know, all his peers have have passed on. Yeah.
1: Or he's eaten them,
0: which is entirely possible. Yeah.
1: And I think he's also pretty conflicted about being a werewolf. Yeah. I don't think he, he wants to be that, but maybe he saw Dr. Wagner for treatment and kind of just ended up there. But he's still like he wants to kill himself. Yeah. Which should tell us. You know.
0: It is also possible that he wants to kill himself. That he because he is no longer a healthy werewolf. I mean, he that is could like be. Like you're you're howling in the right at the beginning. Uh, like you said, his teeth might be stuck when he transforms. Maybe he's in agony because his old dodgy werewolf teeth can't punch through <laughs> his dentures.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, that might very well be the case. Just a, a wolf on his way out looking for a porch to crawl under
0: yeah woods to wander into but i think
1: there is also a conflictedness in dr wagner wagner because right at the end when who shoots him is it karen or the guy i think it's the guy
0: yeah it's the guy
1: uh when he shoots him his last words are thank god and then he dies
0: (laughs) yeah man you have to wonder if that's just like an unhappy actor or is that (laughs) in the script?
1: (laughs) But I I think it is an indication of the fact that there is a rift in the colony community between, I think, Dr. Wagner, who's trying to maybe keep things more under control or to kind of he's repressing yeah he's he's trying to work through these werewolf issues in like a therapeutic way and as yeah. Carradine tells him just before he gets shot you can't tame what's meant to be wild doc so there's yeah a, yep. a, a factional split between the doctor and his way of doing things and then Marsha and eddie who are siblings, I think. Yes. Who are just all about murder whoever, have sex with whoever, or like mate with whoever, and enjoy that werewolf life, let the beast free. Uh, They also have the
0: stereotypical redneck little brother who is also like kind of savage and kind of bouncing around.
1: Yeah, they use him Uh, as a bloodhound at one point.
0: Which a werewolf technically would be very highly effective at. It's a shame that the stereotype of the woods dweller being so akin with nature that he
1: can sniff out a man at 50 paces. Like that should have been more suspicious to Bill and Karen. But I think they also fell in that trap of like oh these fucking crazy hicks. Yeah.
0: Bill goes from being a vegetarian to a full-on man beast. Yeah. Uh, Which is also interesting because in the philosophy of this film, it would be read then that being vegetarian is a form of repression. You're repressing that hunger for Mm. the flesh of other animals.
1: Yeah, and none of the werewolves get it. When when he shows up at the party, he's like, oh no, I, I try to stay away from meat. And they're just like, what? What? What are you talking about? That's insane. What do you even eat? I mean, that might just be the 80s talking.
0: Yeah, I think it might just be the 80s talking, but it it fits well into the whole werewolf it thing. It does.
1: Yeah, and so he he at one point is just sitting like tearing into a short rib. Yeah. And he says, uh, I'll I'll eat anything if I'm hungry enough. Actually, yeah, because he does end up taking a bite out of his wife. Uh, well, I guess we can also talk a bit about our bee story with Terry and the other guy sorry other guy terry and guy guy is a good name okay so i found it pretty funny there they go to this bookstore that looks awesome i want to go to there it looks dope i want to be inside that bookstore yes, yes i want to climb that ladder like any shelf yeah, that requires a ladder. Wheel me around yeah and they, this this guy's like, what, you want to talk about body snatchers, werewolves, vampires, I got everything. And the, he, he gives them a book on werewolves, he gives them all these different things. And eventually Guy's just like, do you believe this stuff? And the owner's just like, look, I'm trying to make a buck here, okay? I've got the books. Do you want yeah. the books?
0: Are you Are you buying or are you talking? Yeah.
1: So that kind of, like very modern cynical and i mean i don't mean that as a slight against the character or anything but that kind of cynical way where you know sometimes you just have to sell some shit that you don't really even believe in because that's what the people want that's what makes money that's what pays the bills yeah so i really enjoyed his character to a niche
0: yeah but that's the thing you know everybody's got to eat if there's a market for something and you're in the position to provide the thing that people want All the more power to you like that's why etsy is so popular
1: (laughs) yeah there's some truly weird stuff on etsy yes a lot of it actually a lot of etsy stuff looks like something you'd find hanging in in marsha's little weird hunting cabin her bone art yeah the bone art and the i guess fur art pelt art just
0: general like malaise of death in the room yeah
1: but she's definitely li- like a death energy person. That's her thing. Yeah.
0: So to me, it's interesting how the doctor's whole thing is he wants to conquer repression. And yeah, sure, maybe he's trying to therapeutically work through the issues. But at the end of the day, what he wants is a lowering of the inhibitions. Yeah. Where the conflict he finds with Marsha is that her inhibitions are non-existent she is uninhibited she is free and she is in his own words an elemental person yeah now that might mean that she's basic or it might just mean (laughs) that she is in touch with true human nature
1: yeah or true wolf nature
0: yeah like a, a a mix
1: a nice soup of nature nature soup Mm-mm. by now na- this episode brought to you by nature soup it's pretty good and will make you lose control it's na- all natural full of nature oh yeah there's also a great conversation between karen and donna who is also an inhabitant of the colony donna says like Oh, I've tried it all. I've done CBT, EBT, I've done Scientology, Iridology, yep. Primal Scream, um, all these different kinds of therapies. She says, yeah, maybe in five years I'll be a real person. Yeah. Which I just like, I, th- I kind of related to that idea of just trying so hard to be just a regular, healthy person, but yeah. never really achieving which i guess is impossible to achieve that sense of contentment
0: yeah because no one really is that normal healthy person yeah it's
1: <laughs> actually an ideal
0: it's impossible to achieve
1: yeah exactly we're all secretly werewolves
0: well some of us uh, it's not very secret i mean your name is louis Garou,
1: so it's uh, not <laughs> a it's not like you're hiding it no well uh, no one else has noticed yet which is good well i am known for being
0: fairly perceptive and all our listeners now share in my perceptive
1: abilities you've done it you've passed on the gift the gift of course being yeah. what uh doc refers to werewolfism as a gift of yeah pure life force and energy yeah
0: I wanna talk quickly about the sequel, The Howling Two, Your Sister Is a Werewolf.
1: Is that literally the subtitle?
0: So it's got two official titles. The first is The Howling Two, Your Sister Is a Werewolf. And the other one is The Howling Two Sturba the Werewolf Bitch. Uh,
1: <laughs> I hate it. I hate it so much. <laughs>
0: it is not as good as the first howling what a surprise uh, but it does build on the notion of matriarchal werewolf society
1: uh okay that might actually be interesting
0: in the original howling you have Marsha taking over the colony where it seems like the doctor thought he was the de facto leader but the werewolves were all following Marsha from the beginning. Yeah,
1: In a very werewolfy way, they were really just taking advantage of his resources.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's got the facility, he's got the land, and he is more than welcoming to have them there. He's all into it.
1: Yes, let me help you,
0: my sweet wolves. And Marsha... Marsha, 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 Marsha.
1: Have you seen all the The Howling sequels?
0: Uh, No, no, I have not yet because there's like seven <laughs> yeah, of them. Just, so you've seen, seen The Howling seen... 2,
1: Your Sister is a Werewolf. Yes, have I've you... seen
0: The Howling 3. And the I Marsupials. Yeah, I did watch The Marsupials, but I can't remember any of it. I just remember like a fucking baby crawling up out of his mama. I don't like crawling that. Crawling up into her tummy pouch. I don't like that at all oh it's goopy it's slimy apparently the way they did it is they put like a little werewolf costume on like a rat or something yeah and then just like had it crawl out of the pouch and climb down and they played that in reverse and that's why it's a weird look
1: Uh, uh, have you seen but we'll do
0: more howling on the podcast
1: because there is howling four howling five howling six Howling Seven, and then the Howling reboot from 2000 and some time. This millennium. Yes. Yeah. Which will get less and less specific Um, as time goes on.
0: Exactly, yeah. But for now, it's a pretty small sample size. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I also just want to talk about just the film itself. I really enjoyed the way that it is an incredibly slow build we really focus on karen and her going through this trauma like they really give that trauma enough respect in the film because it is awful and she really goes through it by the way karen played by the mom from et Dee wallace Oh, yeah. And the well, mom from uh, Critters. What? Yeah. That, it's amazing how Critters
0: is like a bigger reaction for me than <laughs> E.T. Because you you mentioned E.T. and I'm like, yeah, it's yeah disinformation. And you mentioned Critters and I'm like, woohoo.
1: Love that shit. <laughs> but anyway, so we have this incredibly slow build and the film's atmosphere stays consistently dark and Tense, and I think this is also the only werewolf movie we watched where the werewolves are just the antagonists.
0: Yeah, it is literally the only one we've watched where the werewolves are m- mainly antagonists, except for Never Cry Werewolf. Werewolf, yeah, <laughs> except for that one.
1: Wait, wasn't there like a weird sort of Twilighty thing? In there was that?
0: almost one, and. Uh, and then the the female lead realized that she was a minor, and uh, promptly murdered the werewolf. Okay. Excellent.
1: Yeah. So uh, especially in the beginning, it places a lot of emphasis on the seedier side of humanity. The city they're in apparently is nothing but porn shops and gambling dens, and everything that and is phone booths and phone booths. One phone booth and a million porn One. shops. Were were so many adult stores really necessary back in the day I mean I know they didn't have the internet I mean people
0: were bored everybody needs porn and like if the more stores there are the less likely you are to run into a friend okay a family member your spouse a, a colleague
1: your parents your grandparents your
0: actual grandparents yeah
1: so the city they're in is this (laughs) awful seedy place and it ties back really nicely to Doc's conversation around repression and this whole idea that the werewolf is kind of the released subconscious urge of of the afflicted person
0: yeah yeah it's the id freed from the super ego yeah is the werewolf
1: which is oh boy that's scary
0: yeah it's not great the whole thing is that the super ego is supposed to be there like if that's the whole it's the gatekeeper it yeah. needs to keep in check what can realistically be done uh, to one's innate desires
1: it's almost as if dr wagner is he's trying to replace the harsh disciplinary father um, the primitive father with a softer permissive father figure where he's trying to stand in that role of the superego to try and keep the colony uh, under control which does not work yeah. for him
0: in the same way that the id never truly murders the super ego in reasonably healthy people the werewolves never violently turn on the doctor they mm-hmm. may defy him and be completely out of his control but they never turn on him in an aggressive way he's never ejected from the pack because the pack as a whole would become a cohesive unit the same as you've got the ego super ego and the id forming the pack that is your your consciousness Hmm. at least according to freud
1: i guess then and then eddie would be functioning as the id he's the most violent perverse in quotes the most uninhibited and uncontrollable wolf in the colony
0: well i would say that all the wolves in the colony are their own little versions of the id where they all have the doctor as a superego, but eddie having left the colony is an id to itself there's it's yeah. no there's no super ego yeah, oversight
1: just completely unleashed
0: which is not super great for a secretive uh sect of werewolves
1: especially if they then let someone get bit get away and then do the werewolf thing on national television
0: but then karen doesn't fully turn into a werewolf though she, she turns like into into a, a were, Pekinese. were Pekinese. yes yeah perfect I wrote it down <laughs> in my notes. Wear <laughs> <Me Pekinese. too. laughs> Oh, classic. That's she, great. That's a. She me. does look adorable she as does. a, a wear pyjamas. So cute. Though. And I feel like there should be more wear pyjamas out there because it just looks like a softer Chewbacca.
1: Yeah. No, that was very cute. And then, they shot her.
0: For being too cute. And, and she and, didn't. She didn't fully uh, explain
1: anything either. She didn't tell anyone who it is or where they are or what the plans are. She' was just like, "There's a society oh. among us, neither man nor b- beast. Wow, now I'm a Pekingese, and then she gets shot and she dies.
0: It is a shame, but then also Karen, maybe before the movie, she's a good reporter, but during the film, she is terrible at communicating.
1: Yeah. she doesn't like it
0: must be the trauma.
1: Yeah, I think it must be. Because she's not like taking notes or asking too many questions or anything like that.
0: Yeah, she's kind of a bit of a passive observer to the whole thing. Yeah, And it seems like she is dissociating from reality pretty hard during the film. Mm. And that could be a result of the trauma.
1: I definitely think it is. Another thing that I noticed in relation to this trauma and the idea of civility covering up our savage natures is the repetition of the smiley face motif yes eddie's calling card yeah exactly eddie has these yellow smiley face stickers that he uses to kind of mark his areas i guess in the beginning to tell karen where to go but also his weird serial killer bunker and the shed Marsha's shed which is again that kind of very civil friendly veneer and behind it this awful horrible obsession and deranged desires and things yeah yeah i thought that was a great little um visual metaphor for that concept yeah definitely so louis yes if you had to rate
0: the howling out of one To six minutes of standing aghast in front of uh, a werewolf mid transformation as he is gearing up to eat your face out of six minutes how many minutes would you stand staring at his bubbly features before chucking the convenient acid behind you in his face and bolting for
1: the door I gotta tell you I'd really give it a chance I'd say five minutes I'd go through most wow. of it, and then once I can safely say, definitely a werewolf, then it's acid time. Not a
0: were Because
1: if it's a were-Pekingese, I'm, I'm taking that home and giving it cuddles, you know? Yeah, uh,
0: because a Pekingese also has this short little mouth that I doesn't do. really... <laughs> oh. It can't eat your face, it's just yeah. like... <laughs> it doesn't nibble. <laughs> I would wait six minutes, wow. get bitten, Oh. and then wrestle the werewolf to the oh. ground and feed it the acid, surviving the encounter, and then in turn becoming metahuman myself. Yes.
1: Well, would you start your so, own I don't know. werewolf colony?
0: Uh, it depends on does the lycanthropy come with immortality? The answer being yes, as we find out in The Howling 2. Oh. So eventually, yeah, I'd probably start like a little... Wear cult, yeah, and like it'll be groovy, we'll play guitar, sometimes nice. we'll eat people, you know,' a cult, a
1: real family thing,
0: yeah, but let's not call it the family, no,
1: that's been done, it's been done,
0: and it was terrible, so
1: I guess that brings
0: us to the end of werewolf appreciation Month. yeah
1: i I think do you think we should take a, a second just to reflect on what we've learned? about werewolves
0: okay i'll 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 start us off Mm. one thing i've learned about werewolves is that they are not the same as night wolves
1: yes that was a surprise turns out night wolves are just wolves that come at night yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) and of course in that case representing i suppose the uncaring violent side of of nature in some sense
0: yeah nature can be cruel uh the second thing i learned is that alcohol makes werewolves stronger yes and that snorting a fat rail of moon dust will turn you into a werewolf yes or will turn a werewolf into his wolfy form
1: and i suppose that that the werewolf can be the good guy if he's fighting an international conspiracy of reptilian shapeshifters
0: yeah, I guess if his uh, unrestrained inhibitions uh, release him to become a vigilante.
1: Yeah, which is interesting because he's, he is a vigilante, but he is still dressing up as a police officer.
0: It's to confuse his victims. Mm. They're going to think, oh, fine, it's a police officer. Sure, he's got too much hair, but <laughs> I expect <laughs> some due process.
1: Yeah. And then, bam, bam, you're dead. Yeah. Shot in the face. No Miranda rights. Although, wow. No Mirandas in sight. That does actually just sound like the regular police anyway.
0: Yeah, except they're not allowed to have, you know, great big bushy faces. Yeah, Um,
1: but that's the only difference. That's the main difference, yeah. Uh, We also learned that werewolves can be neo-Nazis. Yes, we learned that, which was not
0: entirely surprising.
1: No, actually not at all.
0: I mean, if you just look at the subgenre of Nazi werewolf movies, you'll know that there are strong ties to fascism and Nazism. Where you, you must know that uh, Adolf Hitler was, was a obsessed werewolf.
1: With wolves. Oh, sorry, coming in.
0: No, don't malign my beautiful creatures. No, he was obsessed with wolves. Yeah. Uh, he, would, he was known to whistle who's afraid of the big bad wolf. Uh, as he was walking down corridors he named his submarine team the wolf pack Um, yeah he's just he was very interested in wolves that man so his followers logically would you know also be kind of like that
1: there is kind of a, a, a specifically fascist way of using wolf imagery as kind of a you know a northern european heritage thing as well as like a A rugged individualism a heroic pack mentality along with that and of course they also they portrayed a lot of their victims as vampires yeah continuing the age-long battle between werewolves and vampires
0: yeah Um, which has no anti-semitic overtones
1: not at all not even once nope
0: but then I guess now that you've mentioned it and kind of tied it together we can
1: never unbind those two concepts. We, li- we literally will never be able to because it actually is that. Oy. Yeah. which we'll, we'll just have to bring it up in every vampire movie we do. Okay, cool. Yeah, let's malign the vampires. I mean, no,
0: we're let's not maligning malign- die- the vampires.
1: We're, we're maligning... Asking them to turn us into vampires? We're deconstructing the origins of the vampire myth. And challenging those assumptions
0: okay cool so we're just sort of um, sitting on the fence on this one well we're not
1: dipping our toes into the wolves
0: and the vampires
1: I mean um, as we've seen there are good there are good wolves and bad wolves there are good vampires and bad vampires there are good monsters on both sides very fine monsters on both sides (laughs) but no I hope I hope it is explicit that we are anti-fascist absolutely
0: yes no i i think by now anyone who's listened to us would have uh noticed (laughs) um, we tend towards the anti-fascist yeah i feel that werewolves can be uncoupled from fascism yeah i totally agree the mythology is older than fascism yeah it is um also a bit broader than that but it does neatly fit into their rhetoric
1: again it's just fucking fascists Taking shit that doesn't yep. belong to them and, and twisting it.
0: That's how they do. That's how they do. You can find us if you have any opinions on Werewolf Appreciation Month, suggestions on what the next Halloween special month of episodes should be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just tweet it at us or talk to us or mail us, DM us.
1: Send smoke, Whatever. whatever. We are signal. on Facebook,
0: we're on Twitter. I haven't received any of the smoke signals people have been sending me
1: all the smoke signals come back with a a, this smoke signal has not been delivered exactly Yeah. also if you have any this is more immediate if you have any suggestions for films that you would like us to watch uh, for Christmas any sweet Christmas specials that you enjoy we'd love to check those out yeah, pop us a little message, yep. and we'll we'll get to that.
0: Yeah, we're probably gonna do a similar thing in Christmas or in December with the episodes that we we've done in Halloween, obviously with like a Christmassy flavor to them. Mm-hmm. But f- as of next month, which is tomorrow for all you people listening, <laughs> on the day of release, which is
1: Halloween. This is Halloween.
0: So we'll we'll be back to releasing once every two weeks yep but at least it gives you time to catch up on other things in your life that you were yeah. neglecting because of werewolf appreciation month because you were just appreciating the werewolf so hard so
1: much um yeah i can't believe october is fucking five weeks long that is insane
0: oh well, i honestly didn't think it was five weeks long until i looked at it and i was like wow there's a little half week extra yeah wow five
1: episodes <laughs> But we loved doing it. We hope you guys enjoyed it. And until next time, enjoy the spookiest time of the year. Except for Christmas, which is the spookiest. Which is full of ghosts.
0: Yes. It's um, riddled with um, ghosts and things. And then, as always, you stay scary.
1: Spook them to the maximum.
0: In preparation uh, for this, I was listening to eyewitness accounts of the Michigan dog man.
1: Um, I want to hear more about this, but did we announce next uh, next time's episode?
0: Okay, next time on Be Positive, we have 1994's Funny Man.
1: Okay, I have literally no idea what that is, but I'm very excited.
0: Uh, me neither. I don't remember adding it to the list, but then... I do add things to the list when I've been drinking. So,
1: so yeah, it, it was no. bound to happen.
0: Yeah, so just back to the dogman yeah. thing. I've been watching uh on YouTube, I've been watching like people's encounters of the Michigan Dogman and like how it's exactly the werewolf from the howling, but it's just like a cryptid and it's like wandering around Mi- Michigan. It's it's been blamed for some deaths actually. Really?
1: So is it a a were-dog?
0: They call it the Dogman, more of a description of it being a bipedal creature with like a snout. And I guess they they didn't call it a werewolf because
1: um, it was too friendly.